Grace, good morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Proverbs, is where uh, we're going to be for the most of the time. So Proverbs is right in the middle of your Bible. If you don't have your own Bible, uh, there should be some Bibles scattered in the pew backs in front of you, and uh, you can turn, oh, roughly to the 500s, you'll find the book of Proverbs. Uh, We will also be in a few New Testament passages, but you can go there uh, as we go along. Uh, Again, welcome to Grace, and uh, we're happy that you're here. We have uh, been in the midst of a sermon series on the subject of gossip, and uh, we've entitled the sermon series Resisting Gossip. And we've been learning how to do that. We've defined gossip. We've looked at uh, the source of our gossip. And uh, we've looked at um, what do we do when we are guilty of gossiping. Today, uh, we find out uh, a few other ways how we can resist gossip. So uh, the sermon title is actually called Resisting Gossip. So welcome, and uh, let's go ahead and pray. I trust that you're in or near the book of Proverbs. Uh, if you don't have access to any of those, Uh, The text should be on the screen. So let's pray, and then we'll dive right in to learn uh, a little bit more about how to resist gossip. So let's pray together. Father, be with us, help us, strengthen us, uh, give us minds that are active, give us ears that are are willing to hear, give us hearts uh, that are soft, that uh, melt like ice in the the noonday sun uh, as we encounter your word. May we be soft towards you. May we repent of sin. May we confess our transgressions, and may we find forgiveness and grace and the power to change through the gospel of Jesus. Uh, We pray in particular as we think about tactics and ways that we can resist gossip. We, We don't want to be a gossiping people. We want to honor you with our lips. We want to glorify you with our tongue, and we want to speak right and with integrity about our fellow man. And so help us, we pray, in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said. Amen. So I was having lunch uh, the other day uh, with an individual, and uh, to, to not gossip, I'll keep it anonymous, right? Uh, it's bad to gossip in a sermon about gossip, right? Uh, so I want to share a quick story. Uh, I was having lunch with an individual, and uh, we were having a good time, and uh, eating our lunch and enjoying our conversation. And it's when uh, something, uh, not unusual happened, but something that kind of, kind of startled me. We were having lunch, and uh, kind of from behind me, uh, somebody approached. And I kind of, you know, was like, oh, there's somebody behind me. And uh, they walked up, and they introduced themselves. They were actually a friend of the person that I, I was having lunch with. I didn't know who this person was, so I you know, said, hello, I'm pastor so-and-so, and I'm this person's pastor. And so uh, uh, this person that I was having lunch with began to kind of chit-chat with this person who had kind of walked up and was having a conversation with us during lunch. And uh, it was good. They talked about the weather, as most people do, and they talked about their grandkids, as most people do who have grandkids. And it was, it was a fine conversation. I kind of sat back and just listened. I, you know, I didn't know the person or the uh, subject at hand, so I just kind of enjoyed overhearing them talk. However, uh, at some point, the conversation turned uh, a little bit negative, and the conversation subject changed. And the subject of the conversation changed to what I believe was a mutual friend of the person that I was having lunch with and uh, the person who had come to talk with us. And they started talking about uh, a trip uh, that uh, this mutual friend and her husband uh, were going on, and I believe the trip was to Europe. And they talked about how wonderful it would be in Europe and how cool it would be to see this and that. And I was interested because I've been to, to Europe and I, I, I piped in. I said, you know, you should go when you're in Rome, you should, you should go here. And when you're in France, you should go here. And it was a lovely conversation uh, until uh, the, the lady who had come and approached our table began to talk a little bit negatively. She began to, to say, you know, um, I find it odd that so-and-so is going because, well, you know about her health. 
and they started to talk about this woman's health. And then they started to talk about how maybe a, a poor of a decision it was for this couple, this husband and wife, to go to Europe because you know what's been going on. And, 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 I, and I began to think in my mind, is this gossip? <laughs> I began to think through my own definition from the Bible. Is this, is this what gossip is? And then as, as they continued to talk, it became increasingly negative. Not overly negative, but the tone was certainly against this couple going on the trip. I can't believe that they're doing that. If that were me, I certainly wouldn't do that. And, and then it, uh, the conversation turned from the trip that this couple was going on to some of the, well, let's say, some of the oddities of this couple, uh, some of the things that they did in their home, some of the things that they did outside of their home. And uh, my, my brain said, yeah, okay, I think this is gossip. <laughs> you know, I went from wondering if it was to affirming that it was. And so I, find my, I found myself in an interesting place. I was preparing at that point to preach a sermon on gossip. I hadn't done it, uh, but I was preparing to, and it was on my mind. And I, and I thought to myself, what should I do? How should I respond to this? Do I just sit back and listen? Do I say something like, you need to stop sinning, and you go to my church, you should know better, you know? Uh, what should I do? How do, we, how do we respond? I think we've all found ourselves in that position before. In fact, I think many of us find ourselves in that position quite often, if we were honest. In the midst of gossip, we aren't doing the gossiping, we're not sharing, we're not doing the talking, but we're in a group, or maybe we're with, we're with an individual, and the conversation could possibly slide into what is gossip. And so, uh, if you've been with us for the past three weeks, we've been talking about gossip, what it is. Uh, we've been talking about uh, how to handle it, and how to respond to it, and how we shouldn't do it. But maybe you've been listening to those, and you've been thinking in your mind what I've been thinking for the past three weeks, which is, okay, that's, that's good, but I'm not prone to gossip. I, 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 did, a, I did a gut check like we, like we talked about last week, and you know, I don't, I'll think about what I say, and I'll think about how I say it, and I, I don't think I'm really prone to gossip. My problem is, I just hear it a lot. The people that I'm with, they, 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 they share it with me. Maybe it's a, a friend or a group of friends. Maybe it's a, a spouse. Maybe it's a, a sibling. Maybe it's uh, your kids or whomever. You just find yourself hearing gossip, and you've been wanting to know, well, what do we do? Okay, maybe I'm not guilty of participating actively or verbally in gossip, but what do I do when gossip comes my way? How can I respond? Well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about this morning is uh, six ways, so if you're taking notes, you can jot down six bullet points or six numbers, six ways that we can respond to gossip when we find ourselves in a similar situation that I was in. Uh, what should we do? Uh, Proverbs 17.4, which is on your screen, if you want to turn there, feel free. Proverbs 17.4 will be in the midst of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 17, verse 4 says this. It says, a wicked man does what? listens. A wicked man listens to evil lips, and a liar pays attention to a malicious tongue. So what this scripture teaches us is that we can not only sin by speaking, but we can sin in a way by listening, by listening to what is evil lips, and certainly gossip qualifies as that. We've seen in our definition of gossip that gossip is not just sharing news, right? But gossip is actively engaging, knowingly listening to gossip and 
delighting in it, right? So gossip is sharing or listening to news about someone, whether it's true, whether it's false, whether the intention of the gossip is to hurt or even the potential is to hurt, and of course, without their consent, behind their back. So, so what do we do when gossip comes our way? What do we do when you find yourself in a situation like I found myself in a few weeks ago and even last night? I'll share in a bit. I found myself, ironically, in a, in a situation where I had to assess, is this gossip? What should I do? How should I respond? So six ways. Number one, jot jot this down. There are six words, uh, kind of key words to remember. Number one, we need to assess. First of all, what we need to do is we need to assess. And what I mean by that is we need to determine if what we're hearing is gossip. That makes sense, right? We're in a conversation. Somebody's sharing information with us. We're shooting the breeze. And we need to be assessing if the information that is coming our way indeed fits the definition of gossip, right? We need to determine, is this gossip or is it just small talk? Proverbs 15, verse 28. If you're in Proverbs, go backwards just a bit to Proverbs 15, 28. Proverbs 15, 28 says this, It says, the heart of the righteous weighs its answers. That is, the heart, the mind, the will of the person who is righteous weighs its answers. But the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. What this Proverbs is talking about is kind of the old adage of of think before you speak, right? What the righteous person does before he speaks, before he answers on a matter, is assess. What I'm going to say, is it it true? Is it helpful? Is it right? And I think in a similar vein, the righteous person weighs not only their own words, but the righteous person needs to weigh the words of others from time to time. They, They need to weigh the words of potential gossip. Is this gossip or not? In his book, Resisting Gossip, Mitchell suggests several questions to help us assess this, to help us determine, first of all, is this gossip or is it not? Number one, is this just a funny thing that someone did? They're just telling a funny story. There's not an intention to harm. Or is it something that's really shameful? You've been there before, right? You're in a conversation, you're in a group, or you're talking with a friend, and somebody shares something about somebody else, and you have to think, Is this information that's being passed along, is it just kind of funny? Was it just kind of a silly thing they did? Or was it something truly shameful? Is it something if they knew that you were sharing it or listening to it, that they would be ashamed that that you're hearing it, right? Number two, why is the story being told? I think oftentimes when we are in conversations, we have to do our best. We're not God. We don't know all things. But we have to do our best to assess the motive of the person telling the story. Does that make sense? So you're hearing a story about someone, and you have to ask yourself, are there there any clues that would clue me into the fact that they're malicious, that they're trying to hurt the person, right? Or is it just a story being told? What clues do we have for assessing their motives? Third, does the news, that is the news that's being passed on to us, does this news have the potential to harm? That's a part of the definition of gossip, right? Could it potentially harm their reputation? And if so, then it could be gossip. Fourth, is this information being told behind somebody's back? Or is it public information? So somebody is sharing something with us, and we have to assess, does everybody know about this? Is it common knowledge? Was it published in the Sister Park News? Well, then if it was, okay, it's published, right? Or is it something that's secretive? Is it something that not everybody knows about? And more specifically, is it being most likely told without that person who's being talked about knowing? So all of these questions are helpful uh, as we listen, and we have to, first of all, assess, is this gossip or not? So not only do we assess, but number two, I think along with assessing whether something is gossip is we need to withhold. 
We need to withhold something. And what we need to withhold is our judgment. We need to withhold our judgment. So whether the news is gossip, we hear it, we assess it. Yep, that's gossip, all right, right? Like I did in the, in the, in the store, right, in the, in the restaurant. I listen, I listen. Yep, it's gossip. Or maybe we listen and we listen and we say, no, that's not gossip, I don't believe. Whether it's gossip or whether it's not, we need to learn to train ourselves to withhold judgment, not simply just to rush into making a judgment on the person being talked about. You know, it, it reminds me of a story that I heard this week a story of a young couple that had uh, just moved to a new neighborhood. Uh, and the story goes this way. They, uh, they just moved into a new neighborhood, and the next morning uh, they were eating breakfast together, this young couple. And, and the wife uh, saw her neighbor outside of her window hanging the wash outside, back when you used to do that. Or maybe some of you still do that, right? Hang the wash on the line. Uh, and the woman said, you know, that laundry, our neighbor's laundry, it's just not very clean. It looks kind of dirty. She doesn't really know how to wash laundry correctly. Maybe, maybe she needs better soap. And her husband uh, looked on and was silent. So every time uh, her neighbor would go then subsequently and hang the wash uh, on the line to dry, the woman looked and she would make similar kind of comments about the lady's wash or lack thereof, right? Uh, about a month later, uh, they were at the breakfast table again and they were having a conversation and uh, the, the woman looked out the window and she was surprised. She was surprised because she saw a nice, clean load of laundry on the line and she said, oh, to her husband, look, she's finally learned how to do wash correctly. Maybe she's got a, a different kind of soap. I wonder who taught her how to do this or what happened, what had changed. And the husband, uh, without making uh, much of a fuss about it, said this to his wife. He said, well, uh, actually this morning I got up early and uh, I cleaned our windows. You know, she had not withheld judgment, has she? She was looking through the lens and her lens was incorrect. Proverbs, uh, again, chapter 18, if you're in Proverbs, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18.13 warns us about not withholding our judgment. It, it says this, To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. That is to come to a conclusion without getting all the facts, without really listening. It's, it's, it's folly. It's shameful. So what are some of the things we need to listen to? What are some of the things we need to listen to besides the information that's being told to us uh, that could be gossip, or maybe it's not, before we jump to conclusions. I think a couple things, it's easy, but it's obvious, but we oftentimes miss it. Number one, we need to listen to both sides of the story. Have you ever been there? You ever heard a, a story about someone, somebody was sharing something about what had happened to the neighbor or to their friend or to, to whomever it may be, and there's information that's being shared, and most often, almost all the time, there are how many sides to a story? Two, right? Almost always, there are two sides to a story. And what we oftentimes do is we receive the information without recognizing that, that the, uh, the window or the lens that we're, we're hearing or receiving the news might be dirty, right? We might not have all the information. We may not know all the facts. And we have to take everything to some degree with a grain of salt because everybody has their perspective at which they come things. Have you ever, have you ever done that? Have you ever made a judgment about someone or a situation uh, assumed somebody's motives uh, were bad or poor or malicious or harmful, and then come to find out that you didn't have all the facts, that the person you got the information from wasn't quite right. They maybe didn't know everything that happened exactly as it did, and you passed judgment on it. Not only do we need to listen to both sides of the story, but we need to assess the source of the information, right? 
We need to assess the source of the information. That is, is the person who is sharing with us, what's our relationship with them? Are they a reliable person? Are they known as being a gossip? Who did they get their information from? This is a helpful question. Oh, really? How do you know that to be true? Did you just hear it through the grapevine? Or how do you know that what you're saying is true? Were they an eyewitness of what happened? Or did they just hear it, right? So, first of all, we assess the information. Is it gossip? Is it not? Secondly, we always, regardless whether it's gossip, whether it's not, we just, we withhold, right? We just put on pause our assessment until we get both sides of the story and we know for sure uh, that it's trustworthy. So, after we assess, after we withhold, what tactics do we have? Let's say we're in a conversation just like I was, and my mind says, okay, this is most definitely gossip, right? The information being shared to me, it's gossip. What tactics do we have? What resources do we have at our disposal to resist gossip? Let me uh, finish out our time by suggesting four things, right? Four additional things, and these are practical things that we can use to help us resist gossip. And the first one, which is point number three, is the word change. Change. And what do I mean by that? Well, one tactic we can use is by simply taking control of the conversation, redirecting the conversation, if you will, and changing the subject. Just simply take control and change the subject. Uh, If you're still in Proverbs, go to your right towards the end of the Bible, Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26, verse 20. Proverbs 26, verse 20 has a wonderful little saying. I love the imagery here. It says this. It says, without wood, a fire goes out. So think about that. That's a simple truth. What do you need uh, to sustain an ongoing fire? Something to burn, okay, right? It can be wood here in this instance or or something, right? A fire has has to have something to consume. So the proverb says, without wood, a fire goes out. And then here's the the parallel. Here's the point. Also, in a similar way, without a gossip, without a person gossiping, what dies down? A quarrel, my translation says. A quarrel dies down. So what's the image here, right? What What is gossip being likened to? Well, gossip is being likened to wood burning in a fire. And that fire is producing conflict. It's producing quarrels. That's what gossip does. The Proverbs and other places affirm that, that that gossip produces fights and conflict, right? Um, It's getting near the time, I think, for us uh, to be burning uh, fires outside of our house. But this is something that we like to do during this time of year before it gets really cold, is on a nice crisp night, many of you have this, you have a fire pit outside of your house. And that's a wonderful thing to do. Now, where I came from in Texas, to have an outside fire pit is, is ridiculous <laughs> um, because it's hot all of the time. So why would you ever want that? So we moved up here and I noticed people had these outside fire pits. And I thought, that's either stupid or really great. And uh, it turned out to be really great. So we bought one and uh, we enjoy it. And uh, particular, my son, Asher, really enjoys putting things in the fire, right? He likes keeping the fire going. And so we break up sticks, all the sticks that fall from our trees. We break them up and we throw it in. And of course, we have bigger pieces of wood. Sometimes if we have excess paper, you know, he likes to, to throw that in. And that's kind of his job. I say, Asher, you know, the, the fire's getting, it's getting down. What do, what do we need to do? And he said, well, you throw something in, right? So he gets the leaves or anything he can find. And he throws it in because he knows that for the fire to have life, you need to stoke it. You need to provide it with raw material, and what this proverb is, is saying is that, is that gossip is like that in a conversation. 
Gossip is like wood or, uh, or, or leaves or paper that you throw into the midst of a conversation, and, and the sparks that come out of it are conflict. However, I think by application, what happens if you take the wood out of the fire? What happens if you don't feed the fire? What happens if you stop putting things in it? Church, what inevitably happens? The fire goes what? It goes out, right? There's no more fire. And so one way I think we can resist gossip is by taking the the firewood of gossip out of the conversation, right? We take it out of the conversation by taking control of the conversation and simply changing the subject. It can be very easy. It can be as simple as, hey, hey, how did, did you hear how the volleyball team did last night? They're having a really good season. It can be as simple as, oh, uh, how, how is your daughter doing in school? I know that she was struggling with math. Or how are your parents getting along? How, how is their health? Whatever subject it may be pertinent to that person, pertinent to that group, pertinent to that conversation, it can be as simple as being bold enough to take control of that conversation and at least attempting to change the subject. Uh, as Mitchell, in, again in his book, he says this. He says, just removing the gossip can change the temperature of the room. Isn't that a good image? Just by removing the gossip, the temperature of the room can be changed. So I told you that uh, not only the story that I, I just had with the, the restaurant, but I was talking with someone last night. Uh, again, just to be anonymous, I was talking with uh, uh, somebody, a couple last night, and uh, we were just having a pleasant conversation like we almost always do, and the subject changed to another person. And uh, the this, this subject changed to another person, and this guy was telling me all about how people were doing this person wrong. I'll be sufficient enough. But he kept on railing on the people who were doing this person wrong, in his opinion. And I, had to, I, had to, I was just there last night. I'm like, I'm just going to preach on this, and here I have to put it into practice, right? So I'm thinking, is this gossip? Is this not gossip? Okay, maybe, maybe not. Uh, as, as the conversation went on, I, I kind of said, it may be, it may not be. I'm not real sure, but I felt uncomfortable with it. So what did I do? I, 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 I quick, I said, what am I going to say tomorrow morning? What are the four things, right? Change, I can, I can commend, I can redirect. Oh, what do I, okay, let's change the conversation. And so last night I attempted to do just that. <laughs> the conversation was going one way, and, uh, and I, I, I attempted to change the conversation, not completely. I didn't say, oh, so how about those bears, right? Uh, because we weren't talking about football, uh, but we were talking about a certain subject, and I went that direction, but in, in another way. I brought up something related to that subject, but not related to the person being gossiped about. Does that make sense? Uh, and you may be thinking, well, did it work? And the answer is, kind of, <laughs> because, the, because the person continued to talk about it briefly, and then it was over. So I thought, well, that kind of worked, you know, but that's, that's something we can do, is simply change the conversation. What, what else can we do? Number four, uh, the word is commend. We can commend. That is, instead of adding gossip to gossip, instead of adding uh, to negative gossip about someone, we can choose to speak well of them. That is, we can choose to commend them, to commend what is good, to commend what is commendable about them. So somebody is coming to you, and they're speaking negatively about, uh, about something or about a person. You, maybe you know it's true, maybe you don't know it's true, but something that we can do is instead of uh, piling it on and saying, yeah, you're right, that person boy, she just does this, and boy, you're right, that person, they just do that. Instead of adding on, we can actually choose, even if what is being said is true, we can commend what is commendable. Now, don't lie. You know, don't lie about that person like, 
you know, say something that's absolutely not true, but I think most people have something that we can at least positively say, right? So turn now to the New Testament book of Ephesians with me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4, 29 talks about uh, how we can do this. It says this, Don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Do you think that includes gossip? Absolutely. Don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. So what should come out of our mouth? But only what is helpful for building others up, for edifying them, that is, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That is, we can speak positively to build others up, even those who may be uh, gossiped about to us. We can choose to build them up rather than tear them down. So we can say things like, uh, things like this. You know, from what I know about Billy, from, from my relationship with Billy, it's hard for me to think that he would have done that to you intentionally. Right? You can say something if you know that's true. Now, don't just make it up. Right? If you think Billy did it intentionally, then don't say that. Right? But, but if you think truly, you know, maybe he didn't mean to do that, then you can, you can say something like that. Uh, you, we can say things like, you know, that just doesn't sound like the Janice that I know. It just doesn't sound like the Fred that I know. It doesn't sound like their character. Are, are you sure about those things? We can say, you know, while that may be true, uh, that person is always nice to me, right? If you has, have a positive experience with that person, that may be true. They may have done that, but, you know, they're always nice to me. We can commend them, right, instead of piling on. So we can change the subject. We can try to commend the person being gossiped about. Number five, we can redirect. We can redirect. And what I mean by that is we can redirect the complaints about somebody who is coming our way. So this, uh, a lot of the times, is the content of gossip. Somebody is wrong. Somebody has hurt you. And instead of that person going to the person who hurt them, they go to whom? They go to you. They go to somebody else, right? And they want to tell this person uh, about everything that they did wrong instead of actually going to make it right and uh, tell the person about what they did, right? Uh, so we can redirect that. We can redirect their complaints uh, about the person to the person that they're complaining about, right? Now, if you're in the New Testament, which you are, turn backwards a little bit to the Gospel of Matthew. Very first book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 18. There in Matthew chapter 18, uh, Jesus has some timely words, starting in verse 15. Uh, you may know this passage as the church discipline passage because it's talking about what do we do with people who, uh, who have sinned against us. Matthew eighteen fifteen says this, if your brother or your sister sins against you, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Now there's more to that. But what's the, what's the ideal here, church? When somebody wrongs somebody else, the wronged person is to do what? Is to go and talk to their friends about it? Is that what it says? No. <laughs> it says the person who has been wronged, first of all, goes to the person who wronged them, Right? And you tell them about it, and you want to win them over. So what does gossip do? The complainer, remember we talked about that a couple weeks ago. The complainer complains to others. This is the exact opposite of what Jesus tells us to do. So we can redirect. Uh, this takes guts. This is hard to do. I'll be frank. This is really hard to do, but I think it's an appropriate thing uh, for us to do under certain circumstances. So we can simply say something like this. We can say, well... I appreciate that you're willing to share this with me. I'm very sorry that you were hurt in this way. And I, and I don't want to minimize your hurt. But can I ask you a question? 
have you talked with the person about this? Have you talked to Joe about this? Have you talked to Sally about this? Because you've been talking with me about Joe and Sally, but, but have you talked to them? Do they know that they hurt you? Have they had a chance to, to respond to how you hurt them? You know, I, I'm willing to go with you. I'm willing to even go and to be there to help you, to maybe even be a witness to how they respond to you. But, you know, I just don't know if I can continue to listen to this because you haven't gone to the person first. Now, that takes guts, church. That's hard to do. Spiritual weaklings don't do that. Um, but mature people, I think we can attempt to do that. We can redirect. There's a story that I'd like to share with you in a small book called Bearing Fruit. Bearing Fruit, stories about godliness for children, and it's written by Diane Clean. And she says this, she tells a story uh, of, a, uh, of a pastor's wife who used this tactic well, apparently. She, she writes this. She says, There was once a minister's wife that I personally knew who had a very effective way of stopping a person from slander, stopping a person uh, from gossiping in her presence. Whenever someone would say something unpleasant about someone else, she would get her coat and she would get her gloves and her scarf and she would put them on. Where are you going, the person would ask. And she would respond by saying this, I'm going to visit the person you mentioned and I'm going to ask them if what you said about them is true. She writes this, People became very, very cautious about speaking unkindly about anyone in her presence. We can redirect people towards a biblical ideal of reconciliation. So, one more. We can change the subject. We can commend what is commendable. We can redirect a person's complaints. And and finally, I think I kind of see this as maybe a last resort, but we can simply avoid. That's the word. We can simply avoid. I think the final resort for resisting gossip is simply to avoid it altogether. Uh, Proverbs, again, we're going to end where we begin in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 20. End where we begin. Proverbs chapter 20, verses 19. Uh, It's pretty clear that one way that we can resist gossip is by avoiding it. It says this. It says, a gossip, a gossip betrays a confidence. So what does it say, church? What's the word? So avoid, right? A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. So clearly, I think one tactic for resisting gossip is simply is simply to avoid it, simply to avoid it. So I think this means a couple things practically. So number one, I think this means that we can choose to not spend time with people or groups of people or maybe uh, choosing not to go to places where we know uh, gossip typically happens. Now, you know where that is for you. I'm not going to give suggestions because I think it's different for everyone, but it may mean avoiding a particular group setting. It may mean particular uh, avoiding, if you can, under right circumstances, a particular person, if you know that they're prone to gossip in, in every setting. It can mean uh, just not going to where uh, gatherings where you know that it's just going to be highly likely that there's going to be gossip. Now, that, there's a social cost to that, right? I mean, that's not easy, uh, but it could be right. So we could just avoid it on the front end. But secondly, maybe oftentimes I think we find, our, we find ourselves at a party, we're at a ball game, uh, we're in a restaurant, uh, we're sitting around with our friends or maybe our, our family, and the conversation turns to gossip and it keeps going there. We, maybe we use uh, the change tactic and we try to change the subject and it doesn't work. Maybe we uh, commend the person, what's commendable about them, but, but, but they're still railed against. Maybe we try to redirect a person's complaint 
but they still complain about them. Finally, I think it's a last, a last resort, a last straw, but sometimes it may be just appropriate to leave. It may just be appropriate to leave that gathering, to, to end the conversation. Now, don't do it rudely. Don't do it holier than thou, okay? But it may be appropriate, uh, an appropriate time, just you've, you've heard enough. And you need to get out of that situation because gossip, as we've seen uh, a few weeks ago, they're like, uh, Proverbs says, they're like choice morsels, right? Really good things that we want. And when we eat them, the Proverbs says that they, that they stay in us. They affect us spiritually, right? So we're being affected spiritually when we choose to consume morsels of gossip. And so it may be appropriate just, just to leave. Again, we don't have to be rude. We can say, thank you for having me over um, it's, it's time for me to be going, uh, and I'll see, you, I'll see you tomorrow, right? Or, hey, thanks for the conversation, uh, but I, I should be getting home now. Or, or whatever appropriate way for ending a conversation or for leaving a room, uh, we can choose to do that and be biblical. We can avoid a gossip, as Proverbs says. So, wrapping up, uh, what will you do? What will you do when you find yourself in a situation like I was in last night? And what will you do, what will I do, when we find ourselves in a, a situation like I was in, in the restaurant, it's unexpected. Gossip comes our way. What will we do? Will we actively participate in it? Will we add gossip to gossip? Will we just sit back and enjoy the latest news and consume it like a choice morsel and just savor it? Will we just sit back uncomfortably and say, I hope this ends, I hope this ends, I hope this ends. You need to stop talking. You need to stop talking, right? What will we do? Or... Can we be active? Can we actively resist gossip? Can we assess the situation? Can we say, okay, is this gossip? Is this not? What's the biblical? Okay, what are the elements? Is this, is this gossip? Is it not? Okay, uh, maybe it is or maybe it isn't. Can we withhold our judgments? Can we say, okay, I've heard this information. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. I'm just going to wait, okay? I'm just going to wait to withhold my judgment. Maybe you can change the subject. Maybe you can commend what is commendable. Maybe you can redirect a complaint or maybe... You can just avoid it altogether. But what will you do to resist gossip? Church, we can do it. We have the tools. We have some ideas. We can resist gossip to the glory of God and the good of our souls. Let's pray.